Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, May the 27th, 2023. It is currently 4.44 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. All right, I want you to put your thinking caps on, all right? Give you a second to go find them, right? Where do you keep your thinking cap? Where do you keep it? Do you keep it in a closet? Do you keep it under your bed? Do you keep it on a nightstand next to your bed? Where is your thinking cap? Do you keep, do you carry it with you all the time? All right. Having a little bit of fun, but it's about to get very serious here in just a minute. But please put on your thinking caps. And here is what I want to ask you. You ready? Here we go. When it comes to an excellent Bible study resource, When it comes to an excellent Bible study resource, do you have a few in mind, right? If you were to make a list of three, four excellent Bible study resources, what would you point people to? What would you point people to? All right. So just start thinking of your list of three or four of excellent Bible study resources, right? Just think of three or four. And then let me ask you this. What makes something an excellent Bible study resource? I want you to think of three or four excellent Bible study resources. And what makes something an excellent Bible study resource? If you were to list them, uh, and then I was, I would ask your justification, well, why did you choose these? What is it about these three or four that make them an excellent Bible study resource? Because I'm a little bit perplexed and a little bit confused by a list of excellent Bible study resources that was published on May the 24th at crosswalk.com. May the 24th, crosswalk.com, they post an article entitled Four Excellent Bible Study Resources That Are Biblically Sound. So that would tell me they think these Bible study resources are great because they're biblically sound. But I looked at the very first one, number one, I don't know what would make it an excellent Bible study resource. And number two, I'm really questioning how biblically sound it is. So you know what I do whenever I see something like this, I go to the studio, we go live and I'm like, guys, let's talk about this. Let's research this. Let's consider this. And here's a very important question. If if, let me, let me think. I want you to really think about this. If you find a Bible study resource and you think it's wonderful and you think it's great, but the people who produce that Bible study resource, they have a very questionable doctrine about God and possibly even a heretical definition of God and the Trinity. In other words, if someone gets the Trinity wrong, is that an excellent Bible study resource? Because I would think if you get God wrong, then (laughs) I don't know how excellent of a Bible study resource you can be. And if you get the doctrine of the Trinity wrong, can you be referred to as biblically sound? I don't know. I have lots of questions. But I really would love to see your three or four Bible study resources that you think are excellent. And I would like for you to tell me what makes a Bible study resource excellent. What makes it actually a good resource? So here's what happened. I grabbed my iPad. 
I'm looking around, trying to figure out what do I want to do today for live broadcast because I'm way behind on getting things ready for tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I want to do something. And then I thought about, well, we're working in Jeremiah. Maybe I'll do something with, with the book of Jeremiah. And like lots of different, you know, I was just trying to process what to do. I open up crosswalk.com and I see this headline, four excellent Bible study resources that are biblically sound. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want, want to do a broadcast about it, but you know what? I would like to at least write them down, take a look at those resources and then determine how, how good they are because maybe I could promote them. Maybe I could turn on the microphone and get, Hey guys, I don't know what you're doing this Memorial Day weekend, but here are four biblically, biblically sound resources that you should use. So if you need some good resources for Bible study this weekend, here you go. And well, here's what happened. So, so there's, there's the, there's the headline underneath it is someone holding it looks like a mechanical pencil, could be a pen, probably a pen, maybe a pen. And they have a journal. Uh, I don't see a Bible, but I'm assuming that what that is to demonstrate that they're engaged in Bible study. And then here is what they say. I consider myself somewhat of a biblical resource nerd. I'm always excited to dig into a new study or resource that will help me, that will help propel me to a closer relationship with Jesus. I do need to be careful not to focus on resources and content above and beyond spending time reading God's word, but I strive to find biblically sound resources. So this person considers himself a Bible resource nerd. That would almost seem to indicate they have some level of knowledge about these things that maybe some of us do not have, and they strive to find biblically sound resources. Okay, so that that's at least letting the reader know, hey, you can trust this person. I mean, they're a nerd about this kind of stuff. This is what they do. This is their hobby. And they they're not they're not gonna lead me into a question to a questionable resource. Not only that, this person who wrote this. This is what they say about themselves. I am the woman's ministry leader at my church, and I'm constantly trying new resources and searching for solid content to share with my ladies. There are many biblical resources for studying God's word and and talented people that God uses powerfully to bring his message of salvation to the lives of believers and those seeking God for the first time. One thing that I make sure of is that all the teachings line up with the truth of the Bible. Now, let me just stop right here. I want I, this. This is so maddening to me. Right? I'm not, I know I'm going to get myself in trouble, but Christians use language, right? We use language, and sometimes I don't think we really think about what we're saying because sometimes the reality is nowhere close to what we claim. So this person says, "I always make sure that all the teachings line up with the truth of the Bible." No, you make sure that the teachings line up with your interpretation of the Bible. So we always want to say, the Bible is the final authority. No, your interpretation of the Bible is the final authority. Because you interpret it, and then you say, that's what the Bible says, and then everything must line up with your interpretation. But there's other people who say that they're using the Bible as the final authority, and they interpret it differently. So when you say you make sure it lines up with the teaching of the Bible, you mean you make sure it lines up with your understanding of the Bible. Because there's other people who I bet is even more knowledgeable than you. 
with probably even more theological education than you have, and even more education when it comes to biblical hermeneutics and, and, and Bible study. And they may come to a different conclusion. They may say, you need to go to this site, and you would be like, nope, that site doesn't line up with the Bible. And they would be telling you, no, your site doesn't line up with the Bible. So I don't know why Christians never can just realize that much of the time, the authority we cite, the authority we claim is our own authority. (laughs) We're like, no, what you believe is not in accordance to the Bible. No, it's not in accordance to your interpretation of the Bible. The the never-ending struggle of the Christian life is for us to constantly try to get past our own interpretation of it and try to actually figure out what the Bible is saying. And we have to constantly set aside our interpretation to look at the text anew so that we may find out that our previous interpretation was wrong. But that's a whole podcast in and of itself. All right, so here we go. So this person, she claims that she tries to make sure that all the, that all, that, that all, whatever resource she's going to give is that they all line up with the truth of the Bible. It can be easy for a writer or leader to get caught up in their opinions and accidentally share them as truth. No matter what we are studying or reading, we must set it up against the Bible. If it doesn't line up, then we don't want it. Well, I think that's great that we say we don't want it to line up with the Bible. But remember, we're still involved in the process. And so constant, I agree, we, we have to try to set aside our opinions and set aside our thoughts. But whatever conclusion we come to, that's our conclusion. We always just immediately claim, well, that's what the Bible says because, no, because that's what you believe the Bible says. I can go find you a hundred people who may disagree with you th- what you think the Bible says. It's, it's just, nobody likes when I say that. You say, well, it sounds like you're promoting relativism. No, I'm just trying to promote the reality that we all have to deal with. I can stand up tomorrow in front of my church, open the Bible and preach it and say, this is what the word of God says. And someone can sit in the pew and go, no, that's not what the word of God says. It says this. And then if we cannot come to an agreement, they could possibly leave the church. It only happens a million times a year all across the United States of America, okay? All right, here we go. Before starting a new study or teaching, praying and asking God for discernment and all you are reading and learning is a good habit, all right? So now, once again, this is the concept that God, you give me discernment if something is true or false. Now, just think about it. You have two people, right? Both are praying, God, give me discernment (laughs) and what I'm about to read and study. And they come to radically different conclusions. Which one didn't, which one got discernment and which one didn't? I mean, I don't know any Christian of any denomination who says, hey, God, please confuse me and keep truth from me. Every Christian will pray, God, give me discernment. Open my eyes so that I can understand your word. Every Christian prays that, yet some will say, baptize a baby. Others will say, don't baptize a baby. Uh, Some will say, baptizing a baby saves a baby. Others says, no, it just puts the mark of the covenant and they become a part of the visible church. Others like, no, you're not to have babies as part of the visible church because it should be a regenerate church membership. No, 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 it should be, uh, the church leadership should be a presbytery. No, it should be a multiple, uh, uh, it should be a congregational. Now, everyone, nobody agrees on repentance. No one agrees on baptism. No one agrees on the Lord's Supper. No one agrees on a church structure. I mean, I can go on and on, but everyone is praying for discernment. That's just a reality. Christians, I know when I say that, they uh, you can see them roll their eyes and they get frustrated and they sigh. 
They get so mad at me. But I got 2,000 years of church history to prove this. I've got 2,000 years of church history. I think God has given us his revelation in written form, and all we can do is use the basic rules of interpreting anything that's written to try to come to a conclusion. But if God is, because why not, you know, people always say, well, God's going to lead us into all truth. Well, then why after 2,000 years, there's still thousands and thousands of different ministries. Nobody can agree. Every commentary, dis, like, we, no, I think God led the, the original authors of the New Testament into all truth. And they recorded truth because they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that promise is for us. It says, uh, God can speak to us through so many different avenues. Oh boy. So now God, so now immediately guess what just happened? This person who is supposedly a Bible study resource nerd who, who always wants to make sure that resources are in accordance with scripture clearly believes God doesn't just speak to us through scripture. Well, if God speaks to us in many different ways, then what's the source of authority in which to judge what is right and what is wrong? Because if God is speaking to me here and I say, well, the God, what God says will never contradict itself. I hear Christians say that all the time and then they contradict what the Bible says. He uses people, their creativity, experiences, and talents to share truths with us. So now, now God speaks to us through experience. Oh, you don't even know how philologically messed up people can get when they base uh, their theology or, or base what God is saying off an experience. All right, so, but here we go. Here are some of my favorite Bible study resources. Again, if you just are tuning in, we're uh, looking at an article posted at crosswalk.com. It was published on May the 24th. It was written by Heidi, her last name, V-E-G-H. She's a contributing writer. Um, why crosswalk.com posts this, I don't know, because I think we have a problem, but you're going to see the problem in just a minute. It says, four excellent Bible study resources that are biblically sound. They're trying to assure you that the that these resources are biblically sound. And here is the first one. So I'm thinking, okay, so just so we'll stop right here before I, I, I continue. I thought, I wonder what resources are going to give. Are they going to give me a Bible dictionary, a Bible handbook, maybe a book on hermeneutics, maybe a book on Bible study methods, maybe an encyclopedia. Like I'm thinking these kind of resources, but the first resource I was completely taken back, was not prepared for this. So I click on read more and the net, the one it goes to is number one. Here is the first resource. Organic Christian living website. And I had to stop and go organic Christian living website. Where did this go? I've never even heard of this. Have you ever heard of the organic Christian living website? And would you place it up there as a solid Bible study resource? Would you even call it a Bible study resource? Like I, I'm like, of all the resources out there, right? The Blue Letter Bible app would be a far better Bible study resource than the organic Christian living website, right? I mean, 
the Chapel Library and their app with all the, the writings from like, you know, basically 1400s to like the 1800s, it seems where they kind of focus maybe some things a little earlier. Like, like I could think of all kinds of websites, you know, where they're, they're giving you actual, you know, substantive tools to use and resources, but okay. So they say this site, now it's supposed to be a hyperlink. The hyperlink doesn't work, but here's, I'm just going to read everything they have. This site has been a true inspiration for me and my ministry. Christie provides many resources for Bible reading and study. She provides Bible reading plans, prayer challenges, devotionals, and inspiration for healthy cooking. What? So one of your excellent Bible study resources is a website that also provides inspiration for healthy cooking. What? I, I, I'm I so taken back of all the sites I could think of I would point people to, right? I mean, first I would be like, well, first we need to get you a good Bible dictionary. Or, well, this is what I would typically say. First, you need obviously a Bible. You need a pencil. You need notebooks. Well, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. You need a Bible dictionary. You need a Bible handbook. If possible, a Bible encyclopedia. Uh, second, you need, uh, so those are just kind of your physical reference tools. Then if you're going to go electronic, I would say you need the Blue Letter Bible app where you can look up Greek and Hebrew. You can look up the antilinear, right? You can look up the, you know, Greek lexicon and Hebrew lexicon. Like you can, like you can, yeah, it's a, it's a working concordance. It's everything, right? And it will read the Bible to you. So like, that those that's where I would get started, but the org so a, a website that offers inspiration for healthy cooking, and then it says this: my prayer for organic Christian. This is a word from the person who started organic Christian living. I guess her name is Christy. My prayer for organic Christian living is to spread God's message while lending an encouraging voice to women and helping them live lives more pleasing to God. I want us to learn from one another, grow in God's wisdom, and be the healthiest wiz- women uh, we can possibly be, both physically and spiritually. All the content is shared in digital form, so it's easy to download, share as you spend your daily time with God. So I had to look up the website. I had to look up the website because I was like, what is this? So, of course, I looked it up. Organic Christian Living. Now, the very first thing on the page, uh, well, the first thing was a reading plan for Easter, which, okay, we're in May, May the 27th, so I don't know why that showed up. Then we have knowing the will of God, uh, and then a letter to the one asking why her and not me, all right? So, I don't know. We have Bible reading plans, sub- subscriber-only free r- resources. So, uh, to get to those free resources... Um, I need a password. So I guess I have to subscribe to get to the free resources. I have to become a subscriber. All right. So I don't know what that is. Um, we can join the private infertility Facebook group. And then the next thing is entering the wilderness, the trials and seasons of life. I don't see anything here really of any great theological depth. Um, I got 14 day prayer challenge, praying the Proverbs for your husbands, for your, for your husband or praying, uh, Praying the proverb for your future husband. Okay, I don't, I don't know exactly. Okay, I would love to see how those verses are used in context. Okay, um, I so I'm just a little perplexed by the whole site. Right, I'm just perplexed. So I'm like, well, let me, you know, before I get too critical, because you know, you look, there, there, there is one thing to be discerning, right? It's, it's one thing to just be 
maybe a little skeptical, but, but you can, if you're not careful, you can become very, very critical. And I don't want to be that way. So I'm like, you know what? This, I don't know. I would never point anyone to this website in a million years for an excellent Bible study resource. I just wouldn't. There's actual sites that have substance, that has depth, that has tools that you need, right? Biblehub.com. And you can look up every English translation, right? I mean, you, you got cross-referencing. You've got, they give you like 20, 25 commentaries. Like Bible, Biblehub.com would be far better. The Blue Letter Bible app, Bible Dictionary, Bible Handbook, right? I mean, like I, I, a book on Bible study. Like there's a million things I would point to over this. I, I'm just, I was perplexed, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm being too critical because maybe, maybe a woman would go to this site. And this would help her greatly study the Bible. I can't say it would or wouldn't. I have to let a woman make that determination. Maybe a woman can subscribe to the site. I I think it's free to to register. And then they can just start digging into all the content and go, okay, maybe you're a little too critical. It's actually pretty good and it's substantial and and it's got depth. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe you could utilize it to get to depth. I don't know. It's just... I was taken back that this was the first one, but I had to do a little bit more research. So I went to the top left-hand corner. Now I'm at organicchristianliving.com. Organicchristianliving.com. You can go there. You can see this for yourself. Organicchristianliving.com. Organicchristianliving is all run together.com. Over on the left-hand side, you have the little three lines, right? And you press it and it's a drop-down menu, obviously. And it says, home, faith, food and drink, wellness, DIY and crafts, right? That's kind of weird for like, hey, this is an excellent Bible study resource and we've got food and drink and DIY and crafts. I'm like, okay, all right, you know, all right, whatever, whatever. But then it has about. So I clicked on about and it says what I believe. And I'm like, oh, okay, now we're going to get to it. And then I read these words. Okay, so it goes to the What I Believe page. I guess that's uh, Christy. It's a, it's her standing outside. The sun's kind of behind the trees. And then she's, oh, you know, she's looking at her Bible. All right. And then it says God. This is what she believes about God. I believe there is one true God and living God who has revealed himself to us in three equal persons. And as soon as I read that, I stopped and I was like, what? What? Now, uh, someone just said they will subscribe. They can subscribe and look around. But as soon as I read that, I, I, I was taken back. So let me read it to you one more time. This is their, their confession of faith. This is her, you know, doctrinal statement. This is about God. I believe that there is one true God. Hang on. Let me read it correctly. Okay. I'm paraphrasing. Let me read it it word for word because I don't want to be accused of misrepresenting anything. I believe there is one true and living God who has revealed himself to us in three equal persons. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Now, I don't know if this was written this way out of just not having 
the theological knowledge. But if you know anything about the way that's written, that sounds just like modalism, which is an ancient heresy. In fact, if you look up modalism, here's a definition of modalism. Modalism is the theological doctrine that the members of the Trinity are not three distinct persons, but rather three modes or forms or of, of activity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, under which God manifests himself. So one God who manifests or revealed himself in three distinct persons. Well, or as I don't even know if she uses the word distinct. Uh, three equal persons. She doesn't even say distinct. The doctrine of the Trinity is not one God who manifests or revealed himself in three, as three persons. The doctrine of the Trinity is, and I'll, God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and each person is fully God, and there is one God. God eternally exists. There is one God who is co-equal, co-eternal, three distinct persons. Or one God, three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. She's like, no, no, no. One God who reveals himself in three persons. No, no, no. The three persons are co-equal, co-eternal. They have always existed that way. There is one God. Or again, I'll read this. God eternally exists as three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each person is fully God. And there is one God. It's not that like there was just one God and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to reveal myself as the son. Now I'm going to reveal myself as the spirit. No, one God who has existed three distinct persons and they are co-equal and co-eternal. Now, this cannot be an excellent Bible study resource promoted by Crosswalk.com unless Crosswalk.com denies the doctrine of the Trinity or at least any historical definition of the Trinity because that is clearly modalism right there. It is Now, she may not be a modalist. She may not even have a clue what modalism is or Sabellianism is, right? Because clearly the website is not seemingly very theologically in-depth. Maybe less articles on food, drink, crafts, and, and recipes, and maybe more on historical theol- theological truths of Christianity. I'm just saying, if you're going to have a website that supposedly is an excellent Bible study resource, you may want to dedicate more space to, to because that is such a modalistic idea. Again, I'm not saying the person is a modalist because I don't know. And so many times when people give a modalistic definition and you call them out on it, they don't even know what you're talking about. I'll never forget. I've, I've told the story a million times. The first Sunday night as a pastor at Victory Baptist Church in Ovalo, Texas, my first Sunday night there, I'm like, all right, everyone, give me a, a definition of the doctrine of the Trinity. Go. Everyone gave me straight up modalism. Everyone. Straight heretical definitions. Like, not, not, there was nothing accurate about it. I'll never forget getting in the car after it going... How did I just become a pastor of a church where everyone in the church is a heretic? How is that humanly possible? Not one person got the definition of the Trinity, right? Not one person 
Like, how is that even humanly possible? How is that even statistically possible? Because these are people who have gone to church most of their lives. They don't know the doctrine of the Trinity. They, they came from Baptist churches, you know, like, like Trinitarian churches, but all of their definitions was one God who manifests himself in three different ways or one God who, rev- no, no, one God coexists, co-eternal, three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm like, read the, you know, Athanasian Creed for crying out loud. Read something. What is happening here? But they didn't even know who Athanasius was. They didn't even know what the Athanasian Creed was. They didn't even know. I don't think they even knew the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. So then it took me a long time of teaching on, on the Trinity to try to fix that. But I don't know. Should, should that bother us? So I, I'm, I'm just curious. Can something be considered an excellent Bible study resource if in their doctrinal statement, they get God wrong? Now, if they're modalist, right? If they're, if they're a modalistic website, in other words, they deny the doctrine of the Trinity, they basically are in line with one as Pentecostalism. Well, then, okay, they just need to say we're one as Pentecost. Like the person writing the article would be like, these are excellent Bible study resources for those who are one as Pentecostal or those who are modalist. Those who hold to modalism. If you are Trinitarian, these are not excellent Bible study resources for you. But I guess maybe they're, if they're a modalist and they want to promote modalism, then the first one they start with is one that in their doctrinal statement clearly does not have a historical Trinitarian definition of the Trinity. Or, or a, a Trinitarian definition of God. Let me state it that way. They have a modalistic definition of God. So I've never heard of the website. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Now, I just just for, we're just going to look at the, I'm just going to mention the next three because I, I didn't, my goal here was just to point this out so that you'll learn to look at, you know, doctrinal statements. So once again, a more orthodox definition of the Trinity would be God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and each person is fully God, and there is one God. I always like to say, one God, three distinct persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. One God, three distinct persons, co-equal, co-eternal. All right. The second resource they point to is, let me see what the second one is. Proverbs 31 Ministries. Proverbs 31 Ministries. I've at least heard of that one. The next one is Daily Grace Company. Never heard of this one. Daily Grace Company. Never heard of this one. Um, And then, um, hang on, here's a statement of faith. Well, all their hyperlinks are broke. Let me go to Daily Grace Company. I don't know why all their... Let me just do this. None, nothing is working on their website today. All right, let's go daily. I'm just going to be curious if this one is modalistic. Daily Grace Company. Daily Grace Company. Um, well, I can, I can, I can, they sell a lot of stuff. Okay. Because the first thing that pops up is store-wide deals, $1 to $15, daily deals. So they're, they're going to sell stuff here. All right, um, I'm looking for daily deals, new studies, man, coming soon, extra markdowns, magazine, podcast, free resources. 
Okay, that doesn't help me. Blog. I don't see. Uh, I don't see where their statement of faith is. Hang on. Here we go. Um, there's categories. Uh, can choose a Bible study. Statement of faith. Here we go. Here's their statement of faith. God. There is uh, but one only living and true God who is infinite in being and perfection, a most pure spirit, invisible without body parts, passions, immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, uh, almighty, most wise, most holy, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory, most loving, gracious, and merciful, long-suffering, abundant, goodness, truth, forgive. Okay, doesn't say anything about the Trinity. Okay, here we go. In the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons of one substance, power, and eternity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Father is of none, neither begotten, nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. The Holy Ghost eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. Okay, that's that's at least much better. That's a little better Trinitarian. So already it looks like whoever wrote this article about good Bible study resources, I guess didn't bother to realize that maybe you have contradiction statement of faiths. I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Even that one though is a little, okay. Yeah. So that was uh, the daily grace company. And then the fourth one is the Bible project where we've, we've done some uh, review of some things about the Bible project, but we won't go neither here nor there. Now, I find it interesting that their excellent Bible study resources <laughs> does not include a Bible dictionary, a Bible handbook, a Bible encyclopedia, anything to help you with Greek or Hebrew, <laughs> not a concordance, nothing about Bible study methods. All of it is, well, this content where I guess you go find what other people have to say about the Bible. Well, those are not Bible study resources. Those are just, here's some Bible studies you can go sign up for. Once again, that you're not actually studying for yourself, you're relying on what other people do. Because if you really want to give people Bible study resources, you give them the resources so that they can study the Bible for themselves. And what do you need? You need, you need Bible study methods. They need methods to be able to put into practice, right? They need uh, the, the, re the, the reference tools, right, to use. That would be a Bible dictionary. Bible handbook, Bible encyclopedia, and something to be able to do cross-referencing on, right? Be able to look up Hebrew and Greek. That would be the Blue Letter Bible app. So this four excellent Bible study resources are actually not resources to help you actually and study the Bible for yourself, which is the typical problem in the evangelical church. Now, you ask someone how to study the Bible, and it's always like, well, okay, the ladies, we're going to do a Bible study. And what do they do? Okay, we need to buy a book. All right, now everyone will go read a book and like, no, no. Can anyone here actually study the Bible for themselves? I got no problem buying books, but those books are to supplement the actual study. It's just additional. It's like extra credit reading. It's not the study. If we're going to study Jeremiah... The, the, like we're doing for our Bible study exercise podcast, the key is to get you into the book, right? Giving you homework and assignments, which we will, you know, work on, right? It's not to say, here, go buy this study guide and just read that. That's not Bible study. That's, that's just you reading someone else's study. 
I don't know why Christians don't understand the difference there. There you have it. Crosswalk.com points you to the website. Let me go. Let me go back to this really quick. They point you to. I'm going to go back. I don't want to misquote this site. Organic Christian Living website. Organic Christian Living website. And that website, when you look up their doctrinal statement or what they believe, they give you a clear modalistic definition of the Trinity. Not Trinitarian, modalistic. Modalistic is an ancient heresy. It denies the doctrine of the Trinity. It must be rooted out of your church and my church because there's people, for some reason, fall into this kind of definition and not realizing they're actually denying the doctrine of the Trinity, which demonstrates they don't really understand the nature of the Trinity itself. One God, three distinct persons, co-equal, co-eternal, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Not one God manifesting himself or revealing himself in three ways. One God who has existed throughout eternity, three distinct persons, and they are co-equal. And of course, because they've existed throughout eternity, they're co-eternal. All right, there we go. I just wanted to bring this to your attention just to show you that a normal mainstream Christian website today will promote sites as excellent Bible study resources and may actually point you to a resource that is actually modalistic, at least in their definition of God. The average church member, sadly to say, doesn't seem prepared or equipped to even recognize that or understand that. That needs to change. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Please learn to study the Bible for yourself. I cannot stress that enough. And make sure you have enough theological knowledge that you're not theologically deceived by mainstream Christian websites. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great Memorial Day weekend. God bless.